Sex desire is the most powerful of human desires. When driven by this desire, men develop keenness of imagination, courage, willpower, persistence, and creative ability unknown to them at other times. So strong and impelling is the desire for sexual contact that men freely run the risk of life and reputation to indulge in. When harnessed and redirected along other lines, this motivating force maintains all of its attributes of keenness of imagination, courage, etc., which may be used as powerful creative forces in literature, art, or in any other profession or calling, including, of course, the accumulation of riches. Napoleon Hill. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad that you're here with us today. I am here with my amazing guest, Andre. Andre, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me, Michelle. Excited to be here. Nice. Well, I am super excited. So I, have, I know a little bit about what you do, but give us a 50 or the 5,000 foot view of who you are and, and what you do. All right. So my name is Andre Minkov. I'm the founder and CEO of Trademark Factory. Uh, what we do is we help growth-minded entrepreneurs build amazing brands. And we do that by offering trademarking services with a guaranteed result our guaranteed budget. We're the only company in the world that does this. Uh, to give a little bit of spin to this, what we do really is we help businesses grow bigger, stronger, and more long-lasting and avoid getting screwed in the process. Nice. Although it is kind of useful to get screwed if you're going to grow bigger and longer, but in this case, it's in the good way. <laughs> if, 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 you, if, you want, if you want to, though. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> nice. So... So what, like, I know, I know that you're, you're working mostly on the IP and, but you've got a super cool twist on it. So how do you, how do you do it that you can guarantee it, the, the outcome? They just don't fuck up, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Now oh, you have it, folks. <laughs> we, we've got 99.3% rate of success, which is unheard of in this industry because exactly. the way we approach this is for us, we don't look at trademark process as, as a combination of separate steps, right? First you file and then you see what happens and then you do the follow-ups and then you, no, like to us, it's one process because for our clients, they don't care about our process. They don't care about how long it takes. They don't care how many hours we put into this. They care about, but to them it's binary. Do we get one or do we not, right? <laughs> right? And so we don't, do this unless we know we can do this and if we if we see there's a problem then we go back to the client and say hey there's a problem uh and uh, from there we again we, we discuss with the client what they want to do if they want to get a full refund or they want to tweak this a little bit to make this more doable or if they want to take the risk and, and and move forward anyway but the the so it's the way i came up with this was actually very funny yeah. um I used to be a lawyer for many, many, many years in Russia, right? Started with my dad, who was my first and favorite client. I like to say he was a composer and uh, one day caught a radio station that stole his music and turned it into an ad for Samsung without his permission. I was still attending my law school back then. Uh, and he asked me if I could sue the radio station for copyright infringement. Uh, so I did. Uh, I had to take this case all the way up to the second highest court in the nation. 
Well, I won. And Yay. then, yeah. And then I, you know, went to work for the biggest law firm. And then, and then finally, when I realized that Russia wasn't going in the direction that I was hoping it would uh, politically, I uh, said, okay, enough and moved to Canada. Went to Canadian law school, got my Canadian lawyer license and uh, started my, my own law firm, right? I've never run my own business before until I started my law firm after reading Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Like, yep. Employment income is the most insecure type of income. Like, yep, uh-huh. And so I started my company and very quickly, I realized that in order for this to become a successful business, something was missing. Can you guess what? Clients? Clients. <laughs> you have to have clients hey. to have a successful thing. Like, this was like, wow. Like, right? Doesn't matter how good of a lawyer you are, if you don't have clients, you don't have a successful law firm practice. And so I started learning marketing, learning salesmanship, you know, all of that wonderful stuff, uh, attending webinars, reading books. And uh, one of the, well, everyone told, said, well, you got to be different, right? Different is better than better. And I pretty much, what I did is I surveyed a bunch of people, about hundred business owners, asked them what they hated about dealing with lawyers. And- uh, Everything. Very, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, what I try to build out of that is an experience that nobody offered that was the opposite of what everyone hated. Uh, and I came up with, okay, we're going to do a free trademark search in the beginning. We're going to give you one flat fee that's going to cover everything from start to finish so you don't have to worry about your budget. And if it doesn't go through, we'll give you your money back. Right. Wow. At that point, that was just a marketing gimmick. Mm -hmm. I just thought this is, this is a cool idea. Like I'd buy it. Like if I, if I needed a trademark, that would be something that I, as a business owner would want. And, uh, it, it, it started working in terms of attracting clients. And then that pushed me into building systems internally that actually allow us to not lose money while we deliver that experience. And we did. So it became the model that we've been running since 2013 and very excited about it. Nice. I love it. And I love that you tap into the whole systems thing because it, it really is paramount. I mean, if you want to scale an idea, then you have to put the systems in place in order to be able to pull it through. And uh, for a lot of people, it's a lot harder than, <laughs> it's easier than they think it is, but harder than they want it to be. <laughs> so how was your experience with that? You know, I learned, it's, it's funny, I just shared it with my daughter yesterday, nice. uh, this, this, this experience. So when I was starting in this transition from just the traditional law firm to a business that helps business owners. Actually, I, I gave up my lawyer license in 2015 because I don't need it anymore to run this. Uh, I'm still a Canadian trademark agent uh, and we do trademarks everywhere. So that Canadian lawyer license wasn't helping. It, it was just hurting. But one thing that I learned in one of those seminars is you got to think what you're trying to build. And the, the, what I specifically designed very deliberately, I try to come up with a number that I wanted to make per month that I knew I couldn't make on my own. Right. It, it was supposed to be a number that there's no way in hell I could generate by selling my time, my hours for dollars. Yep. Right. Back then I, I thought of like a 50 K a month. Right. And I thought, 
as a starting firm that nobody knows, right? Even if I'm so great and amazing, there's no way I can consistently generate that much work uh, to just sell my time for money. And uh, that amount forced me into thinking of, okay, what do I need to do so that it, it, so that it becomes possible, mm-hmm. right? Who do I need to have in the firm? What is the firm gonna do? And that's uh, how the idea for Trademark Factory you know, came to be. And the other thing that really helped was the book by uh, John Warilow, uh, Built to Sell. Nice, yeah. A brilliant book about productizing your services. Yep, absolutely, nice. And, and, and so that, that was kind of big inspiration. That is super cool. So right now, who would you say you serve in sport and like who is your ideal client? So to us, it's, it doesn't matter how much money you're making today. Uh, it's what you're hoping to make in the next year or two because trademarking is a long process, right? That takes over a year uh, in some countries, more than two or three years. Mm-hmm. So nobody who doesn't think they're going to be in business in two, three years, shouldn't get a trademark. Right. But, um, to us, what's really important is the growth minded aspect, right? It's someone who wants to grow someone who understands the value of the brand. Um, cause there's, there's a lot of really cheap online trademarking services out there. You, you know, you pay them $69 pun intended for your show. <laughs> I like that. Book. <laughs> um, I like it. And it scared me at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> you pay them $69, they file your trademark, and then you hope that it sticks. Mm-hmm. And a uh, small percentage <laughs> of them do, most of them don't. But like to you, it's like, you know, if it sticks, great. If it doesn't, who, who, who cares? I don't right? know if I want to pay $69 and have it stick. That would <laughs> Getting a 69 online and having it stick is just sounds bad from all angles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, but... Right, so that, that's not our client base. Our client base are people who know what they're doing, who are all all in, all inpreneurs. We call them right. Who 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 know that another? It's, it's like I, I could be doing these puns all day long. Uh, <laughs> right, uh, and 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 they know that what they're building could matter. What they're trying to do is build something that's going to matter, and brand is an important part of that. So. Thanks. We've, we've have clients from all over the world. We have clients in all sorts of industries. We have have helped five figure businesses, six figure businesses, seven, eight figure businesses. We have helped zero figure businesses, just guys with an idea yeah. uh, and gals with an idea uh, who thought there was something to the idea, right? And one of my personal pet peeves is, you know, sometimes they say, well, ideas are worthless. Execution is everything, right? And I'm like, why in the world would you be executing on a worthless idea? Well, exactly. I mean, I, I personally think ideas are brilliant and they're the part, the part that's hard to come by is that brilliant idea. So, I mean, to me, in my mind, I go, it's obvious that, yeah, you want trademarks if you're a coach, a author, speaker, and you have name brands and you want all of that trademark. But your programs, your taglines, all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, but who else would get a trade line? Who else is our trademark story and what was apparel companies, software companies, like when you do it, when you have an, really what it boils down to is if you have competition, if you have other people in the market who do things similar to you, Mm -hmm. your brand becomes your most valuable asset, 
but we've got podcasts, we've got YouTube shows, you know, we've helped Improvement Pill, we've helped, uh, you know, many, many, many others. Uh, we've helped Denlock with, I think we've done over 140 trademarks for him at this point. Wow. Uh, and and uh, really it boils down to competition because when you're the only person out there who does something, it doesn't matter what your name, what your name is, right? Everyone's going to come to you anyway. Uh, as soon as you start having competition and tries to mimic you or you try to enter a populated uh, field, how, how are people going to tell you apart from everyone else, right? Mm -hmm. Usually it's the name, it's, it's the offer and the name, but the offer they have to remember through the name. That's why companies with established brands have it so much easier than the little guys because they spend less per click to acquire customers because they already know, like, and trust them, right? Because it's easier for them to get all the repeat business because they remember their brands. When was the last time you really thought hard about what brand of toothpaste you're going to buy next? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, you, you go to the store, it's my toothpaste. Toothpaste, yeah, exactly. Right? It's not your toothpaste, it's just one you picked and then you kept buying and buying and buying and buying. I didn't hate it. <laughs> right? So that's, that's, the part, that's the part of the brand. Mm -hmm. Right? You, you're going to probably keep buying the same toothpaste until you die. Well, until, right. or until you lose all your teeth, which is, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. So, so at what size would somebody know that they need to, to get a trademark? Okay. Um, first of all, if you're entering into competitive business and you know the brand is going to be important for you and you know that there's a good chance that you're going to stick around for some time, probably now is the right time to do it. If you look at all the big successful businesses, they've done their trademarks long before they launched. Wow. So my, there's a bunch of great examples, like Uber did it two months before launch. Uh, Stripe, the, the credit card processing company, did eight months before they launched. Mm -hmm. uh, there's this uh, scooter company, the Bird, right? The scooter rental company. Yeah. Uh, became the fastest company to hit a billion dollar valuation. Wow. Uh, just over a year, right? The fastest to from zero to a billion. They filed their trademark 13 days after they started, after they founded the company, before they announced anything. Right? It's the first thing you do. Right? You wake up, you brush your teeth, right? You have an idea for a business, you have an idea for the brand, you go and trademark it. Because the way I say it is, there's no reason in the world to spend a minute of your life or a dollar out of your pocket building a brand you don't own. Mm -hmm. Right. And the only way to own the brand is to trademark it before somebody else does. Right. So would you say that most entrepreneurs kind of have the epiphany, the, the aha moment in the bathtub, if you will, uh, and they go, I want to start this company. This is the name of the company. This is how it's going to go. Or do most of them go, oh, I got this idea. I think I should talk to a branding company and get it all done up and the branding company comes up. No, well, most people come up with their own brands, of course. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I love it. Right. Uh, do you know how much Nike paid the woman who designed their swoosh? No. Yes. I'm guessing she was on staff and it was probably like 50 bucks an hour. Uh, they paid her $35. <laughs> period. She was, she was an outside vendor. Uh, they hired her to do their logo. Right. So the cost was $35. 
And now uh, the entire brand, right? Nike's brand, just the brand itself, not the sneakers, not the shirts, not this, just the brand, $47 billion. Holy. Hello. Wow. The, the entire company is valued at 90, 91. Mm-hmm. And the brand is 47 out of that. Well, that's wild. And that kind of makes you think. <clears throat> So somebody uh, totally makes me think, (laughs) oh my God, we totally have to get this trademark. So what what should I be thinking about before I obviously go to you to get my trademark? (laughs) Well, the the first thing is, what do you want to trademark, right? Is there a name? Is there a logo? Is there a tagline? Uh, What's the priority of importance? Uh, That would be the first thing. The second thing would be where, right? Because trademarks are done on a per country basis right? Uh, there's no such thing as a global trademark that covers you around the world. And uh, our rule of thumb is you start with your home country. Then you look at countries where you are making or are planning to make at least 30K a year annual mm-hmm. revenue. Kind of a good, good uh, milestone. Uh, countries where you spend more than 5K a year on marketing or, op- or operations. <laughs> right, if you're promoting your, like, it's actually one of our trademarks. And I have, like, let me see if I can show you. Like, this is trademark factory's trademarks, nice. right? our, our own trademarks. And so, um, one of our trademarks is if it's worth promoting, it's worth protecting, right? If you're spending something running Google ads to your brand or Facebook ads or whatever, right, you're promote, you're going to trade shows, all of that stuff. You go to events, you give out your business cards, you're trying to get people to know and remember your brand, right? It's probably worth protecting, right? So, and, and the last one is uh, in terms of going back to the countries, if you have a physical product, right, some, some gadgets and you make them outside of your home country, let's say China, what you want to do is you want to also trademark it in China, even if you don't sell it to China, because if somebody else trademarks it in China, they can stop you from exporting your own stuff out of China. Wow. Because you exporting your products with their trademark is trademark infringement. Right? <laughs> so if you, if you don't want to... So if you don't want to completely... Know that. <laughs> so, so if you don't want to completely screw up your uh, supply channels, uh, mm-hmm. you, you, you want to make sure you, you own the, the brand, you know, throughout the chain. Um, the other thing, like I said, it takes, it takes a long time. So what, what we find is a lot of people think, well, when I, I'll, I'll do it when I need it. Uh, it takes a year at least, right? By the time you need it, it's too late. Right, so if you're thinking of franchising, maybe if you're saying maybe thinking of licensing your brand, uh, expanding, selling your business, like if you go, if you if you watch Shark Tank, I actually have uh, uh, com- like eleven videos on YouTube uh, going through every season of Shark Tank, going through every single time Shark discussed intellectual property, mm-hmm. right? Season one to season eleven, uh, one of our most viewed videos uh, on the channel. Uh, Every time they ask you, like, how is this protected? How, how what's going to stop me from ripping you off? Right. Uh, and and um, now that would seem it, obvious to me that you're not going to go to the Shark Tank without having a trademark on it. Well, you, you, well it's a great idea. I could do it way faster, you, better than you can. <laughs> yeah, you'll, be, you'll be surprised. But here's the here's the thing: if mm-hmm. if you go there and it's not protected, they might still invest in you, but they're going to slash your valuation. Like there's no tomorrow because it. It adds risks. 
Right. Mm -hmm. And th there was uh, just in season 11, actually, it's uh, one of our latest videos on uh, Trademark Factory YouTube channel. So uh, there was a there was a flashback showing what happened with the deal that was uh, entered. I think it was from season 10 or 9, whatever. Uh, and uh, the investor bought, made an offer and turned out that they couldn't own the name that they wanted. They had to rebrand and trademark that, right? So that was the first thing they did. Uh, and now they're trying to build that into the company. So that's important to them. That's important to Sharps because uh, you don't want to deal with having to rebrand, to re-educate your uh, target market that, well, this was us and now it's not, and we did this and now it's, Right, so so that's kind of the uh, the the when part, uh, and you can file your trademark before you you launch. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing we know is that when somebody calls me up and says, "Andre, I urgently need to do a trademark," I in ninety nine point nine percent of the cases it's too late. Oh. Right, uh, there's no such thing as urgent trademark. <laughs> Fair enough. Right, um, the other thing you should know. How, tell me how it, how it affects valuation. Now, I have my ideas why and how it affects valuation, but mm -hmm. from your experience, uh, one, I mean, obviously not having it and having to go through the whole process of changing your name again, Yeah. but how, what kind of impact does that have on valuation? Well, look, it, it, it boils down to a few things. Uh, mm -hmm. the typical rebranding can easily cost you 30, 50 grand. Uh, assuming you've done something with your old brand that you can't own anymore, right? Uh, and litigation can easily be six or even seven figures. Uh, so if someone sues you over that brand, um, then what, right? And, and that's, that's where the risks are. So it's very easy for anybody to see if you've trademarked your brand. It's also very easy for someone else to see what other brands there are, right? That's what trademark searches are for. Uh, and uh, you can add, you know, the TM symbols to your brand all day long. Uh, those who know what they mean know that they mean nothing, right? It just means that you're telling the world that you want to have the brand, that you care enough, the brand just not enough to really protect it, right? So the, the value, in terms of valuation, it's... Because I mean, I just imagine somebody like Spanx going out and going, "Oh, we didn't trademark that." And going, "Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that, that would suck." And at any point in time in that business, that would have sucked. Yeah, like, and, and, and really, the more well known you get, the tougher it becomes because you're building that uh, goodwill that mm -hmm. can be taken away from you like this. Well, so, and who, even she was talking about how she couldn't spell it with a K because you can't trademark Spanx, yeah. but you can do it with an X. We had uh, here local in Vancouver, so I'm in Vancouver, BC. Uh, we had uh, uh, one of the biggest news aggregators, um, and uh, um, BuzzFeed. No, there's so many of them. So anyway, uh, all good. Uh, do 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 do. Ah, it was a good story. <laughs> so anyway, they, they, there was a, they, they had 8 million subscribers. Mm -hmm. uh, and one day they had to rebrand because of uh, the other buzz trademark in the same space. And they became the Daily Hive, right? Uh, they had to change to something completely different. Uh, and uh, 
it's tough. It, it's painful because oh, yeah. uh, all of this goodwill you've been building. Yeah, of course, they, you know, had a lot of people transition. They were able to explain, but not everybody, not everybody. Exactly. Uh, and and uh, you have to work a lot harder. And as a, as a growing business, the last thing you want is another problem to deal with. Right. <laughs> Yeah, we've got enough of them, right? We're trying to figure out how do we, like, what, what's, what's, the, what's the biggest problem of every small business owner? Obscurity. Nobody knows who they are, right? They, 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 well, if only more people knew how great we are, we'd be making so much more money, we'd be making so much more impact, we'd be so much more amazing, right? If only more people knew, but, but what do they actually know? They know the brand. And if that changes, that's a problem. Or if you're, if you, if you uh, are pulled in some sort of a legal dispute that, you know, even if you win, it's going to cost you a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of focus. Right. And, and uh, that's, that's really why I got into this because as you're know, going back to my father's story, uh, I saw what it did to him, the, the this litigation, because uh, for a long time, that was the only thing he could, he could think of. You know, all those bastards, like, how can they do this to me? Like, the, right? You, you stop writing music. Well, you yeah. start living your life with one, one focus. Like, let's, let's punish these guys or let's figure out how to deal with this, right? With, uh, with business, it's the same, it's the same thing. Right, uh, big guys, right? They 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 can arm, they can hire an army of lawyers. They don't they don't care that you know legal department is going to take care of all the legal problems. They can have you know lawsuits come popping in every day. Mm -hmm. It's it's a cost of doing business. For smaller guys, that's their life. No, oh, absolutely. And, and and really, I think the biggest uh, lost opportunity or the cost is actually there. It's it's that it takes away your focus. So. Nice. So if somebody were sitting at home, um, you know, pondering life and business and all that kind of fun stuff, what are some of the stumbling blocks that they might be having right now that they think, oh my God, Andre, I need you so badly right now? Really, the, the question, there, there's a few things. The first question you got to ask yourself, are you, what, what is it that you're building? Are you building a business or are you building a hobby? Uh, and there's nothing wrong with building a hobby as long as you know it's a hobby. I, I play drums, I, I love writing music, but I know it's not, you know, it's not my business. So I don't, I, you know, I invest a lot of money into this, but I don't treat it as seriously as I would have if I was playing drums professionally, right? So there's nothing wrong with having a side hustle and, you know, if it brings you money, great. If you enjoy it, Great, but if it's a hobby, it's a hobby. Don't, don't really worry about trademarking. If your answer is no, what I'm, what I'm building is the actual business, then treat it as a business, right? And do what every successful business does, right? We're, 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 one, one of the first things they teach you is model what successful people do, hmm. right? Absolutely. Somehow they figured it out, right? They may have uh, had their share of stupid things, but finally they figured it out. So do what they did, do what they do when they're successful, right? And it's not about, it's not about that, well, Google is a billion dollar company now, of course they trademark everything. Again, look at when they filed their first trademark. They were on nobody's radar, nobody knew who they were. Uh, 
Coca-Cola. It was a silly name. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Everybody uh, thought that Ash Jeeves or whatever was going to be the, the other one. And no, not as so much. Can you think of Steve Jobs? Like he goes to his garage to uh, Steve Wozniak and says, I came up with such a great name for our company. It's the best name ever. We're going to call our company Apple. It, right? It, 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 it doesn't, doesn't mean make any sense. Right, the, the value of the brand is not that you came up with a cute name. Mm -hmm. It's about coming up with a unique name and making it great over time. That's what, that's what everyone did, right? All, all, all the big names. So it's, it's, it's just one of those things that you do. Coca-Cola, another, another great example that I like. Filed the first trademark in 1892. Incidentally, this was also the year when they were selling nine drinks a day. Wow. Right, I, I, I call it a... Uh, soda fountain with a dream mm. you know that, 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 that's really what it was buddy um, in his pharmacy yeah <laughs> uh, they, they, they built something out of it mm -hmm. right and the brand is a massive part of that value because anybody can make drinks uh and not but nobody's coca-cola so that, that that that's really what it was so first you figure out what you're building right it's the real deal uh and uh when you make that decision then just go to our website and get your free call with our strategy advisor and they'll help you figure out if you're in the right time, if you're in the right space, if, uh, if we're the right fit for you, right? Uh, and if, if yes, great. If not, that, that, that's fine too. But because our goal is not to, you know, hard sell you into trademarking stuff you don't need to trademark. Uh, we like there's no fun in this for us what we enjoy is seeing a dream become a household name nice that's that's the coolest thing for for me as a founder and for the entire team like when when uh we used to enjoy the old new normal uh right you would drive around you would see you know some ads or the, the cars with the branded cars of the brands that we we're trademarking and like we did this. We're part of this, right? It, nice. Like it, that. That's that's what fills me up with uh, with 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 passion, with uh, and purpose, because I see the the outcome. Right, the piece of paper is a piece of paper, right? Um, even if we put it in a frame, and it's it's cool, it's nice. But what's really important for us is to see what you're doing with it, right? To see your success out there, and uh, if if we will, you know, if you see us being part of that success, we're, we're happy to join you on the journey. Nice. I love that. So if somebody is interested, how would they get a hold of you? They would go to trademarkfactory.com mm -hmm. and click a big button that says book a free call. Uh, and that's, that's really that simple. Uh, and, um, you know, it's, 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 it's really free call when, uh, we get to ask you a bunch of questions to figure out what you actually need to help you strategize uh, in terms of is there is, is a good time, where, when, what, uh, all of those questions uh, you will have complete clarity about, right? Even if you choose not to go with us, that's fine. You'll have clarity at the end of the call. We've got a bunch of testimonials from people, you know, who, who got out of this call and said that was the most useful 45 minutes of my life because now I understand what to do with a brand. Nice. Love that. Awesome. So in case you're driving peeps, go ahead and go to awarenessstrategies.com and look for the blogs. And of course, we'll have Andre's information there under his name, but also Trademark Factory. So <clears throat> trademarkfactory.com. 
absolutely get over there. Uh, you've kind of chipped on this, but I want you to expand on this one because this yeah. is kind of where I have my fun. So at what point did you know that you were that special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Um, I was sitting in a bathtub. I was lying in a bathtub. Uh, after I sent out a bunch of resumes to Canadian law firms and got exactly a total of zero offers. Uh, and uh, I vividly remember the scene from Rambo, Rambo one, when he goes something like back in Vietnam, they trusted me with million dollar equipment. Now I can't find a job parking cars, right? Uh, back in Russia, I've done work for Apple, Microsoft, DreamWorks, JK Rowling, like all the big names we can think of, I've done some IP work for them. I got back, I you know moved to Canada, did my three more years of law school. If anything, I got better. Uh, and I couldn't find a single law firm that wanted to appreciate that. And uh, that's very frustrating. That's how I discovered Robert Kiyosaki's book. And bathtub, you know, bathtub time is, is my time, right? I, I, an hour and a half before I go to bed, that's kind of me time, right? I relax, I read, I, that's my thinking time. And so I read the book and I get to that point about, you know, the employment income being the most insecure type of income. And, and then it hits me. So in Canada, to those who don't know, you can't get a lawyer's license unless you've done what's called articling when you're pretty much slaving away for a law firm, uh, you know, doing some low level work uh, for nine months. And uh, while I was doing that, I was paid something like $30,000 $30, a year. Uh, and uh, I thought, so that I vividly remember this thought you know, I put down the book and I, I, I lay there and think, if I start my law firm and I can't make at least that, it means I'm a, either a crappy lawyer or I'm really not destined to run a firm, but at least I'm willing to give it a shot, right? So that was kind of my big moment, uh, comparable probably uh, to the moment when I decided to to leave Russia, leave my well-paying job at the biggest law firm in the world, uh, and start all over from scratch, uh, and so this was the second big moment. Said, so, you know what? I am going to stop trying to figure out why they didn't hire me. I'm just going to start on my own, and I did. And then this, the next moment was coming up with Trademark Factory, uh, and pretty much and and giving up the lawyer license to say, you know what? I never enjoyed lawyering for the sake of lawyering. I enjoy doing this because it helps people get certain results. Like I helped my dad, like we've helped thousands of entrepreneurs today, right? And I realized I don't need a lawyer's license. That was really one of the scariest things I've done by yeah. signing that application saying, you know what? I don't need your license anymore. And, and, and everyone told me I was crazy. Apparently, oh yeah, that sounds bizarre. So how come you had to give your license to? No, or did you have to? You just felt like it. it was like, why I, am I doing this? I had to if I wanted to scale this business internationally. Oh. Because of the way Canadian licensing laws work, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, I realized that I could help a lot more people get what they need the way they wanted to get it if I was not a lawyer compared to when I was a lawyer. And uh, so that was 
a little bit of a sacrifice. I hate the word sacrifice, quite honestly, because sacrifice means you're sacrificing something of higher value in exchange for something of lower value. Uh, it, it, it just looked scary. Um, it was just the fear that had the higher value. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. I, I have not once regretted it. And nice. so I just did a remodeling in my room two days ago and uh, went through all the, all the paperwork, probably shredded like a whole box of documents. And one of those documents was this, this paper that said, you know, uh, I was anointed to be a lawyer. And, and I was like, <laughs> apparently that anointing means nothing now. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 was, that, was, that, that was a good moment. So that's that awesome. So that, that was the moment with, uh, with the, you know, Kiyosaki book that, that was, that was a pivoting, pivoting moment. I, I, I met Robert several times after that. I told him the story. He laughed his ass off. Right. Uh, and yeah, that, was, that, was, that was great. That is awesome. So I'm assuming, and because we've talked about it, you can do business in any country now. Yeah, we, we file more U.S. trademarks than we file Canadian trademarks. Um, well, look, there are 50,000 trademarks filed. Actually, this is great stats for, for, your, for your audience. There are 50,000 trademarks filed in Canada every year. There are 600,000 trademarks filed in the U.S. every year. And wait for it, 7 million trademarks filed in China every year. Wow. Oh, that's wild. Just to give you scale, right? Oh, my God. And, and this is pretty much like someone's filing a trademark every second. That just gives uh, me shivers. And it cracks me up the whole, oh, the patent office going, no, no, everything that can be invented has been invented. <laughs> somebody, yeah, somebody, somebody, somebody can be applying for your brand as their trademark right now. Yes, <laughs> in there and go and do it. Oh my God, that's awesome. That's crazy. Awesome. So, any last words for our peeps that you'd like to share? Words of wisdom. Uh, words of wisdom. Guys, your brand will become your most valuable asset if you build a business worth building. Uh, if your business is not worth building, stop building a business that's not worth building uh, and start building something that is worth, worth building. And uh, once you've built it, you'll thank me uh, because it's one of the most painful things that we have to go through when somebody books a call with us, talks about their dreams and like, cool, we can help you. And like, yeah, you know, I just need a bit more time it's too much money. I don't have, you know, this money lying around. Let me think about this and I'll, I'll get back to you. Mm -hmm. And most of them, of course, never get back to us. But the most painful thing for me as, 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 the, as the business owner is when they do come back a year later and we do the search and we find, and it's gone. And the, the worst part is when it's gone in that window when they could have had the first time around and then somebody's jumped the in, got the same brand. And, and, and we tell them that, and like, well, I, I, like, I've done everything. I, you know, I got the money, I got, like, you can't have it anymore. You have to go back to the drawing board, come up with a new brand, and then we'll be able to help you. There's nothing you can do, right? It, it, it's, it's pain, like it physically hurts mm. me to, to, to deliver this news because, it's it's you like you, you see the, the dream just shatter in front of the, the, the you know in front of their eyes for no good reason because look we're we're certainly not the cheapest trademark company out there 
right? But we, like I said, this one flat fee that covers everything with a money back guarantee. If your brand is worth anything, it's worth what we charge for you to protect it. But what you're building is worth a lot more, right? And and uh, don't don't be that guy whom we have to tell you could have had it, but now you can't anymore. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think I know an entrepreneur that doesn't know the experience of going, oh, I had this great idea. And then they walk into a store and go, hey, that's my idea. It's like, well, yeah, because you never did anything with it. Yeah. Like when you get an idea, you have to do something with it. And as Bob Proctor used to say, ideas are slippery fish and you got to gaff them and <laughs> gaff them with a pencil as soon as you got them because they're going to slip away. And if you don't do that, somebody else is going to take them. We think that our thoughts are confined to our heads. They're not. They're just out there, and we happened to hit that antenna, and you know yeah. we were let, playing that radio station at the right time. It's like, are you going to do something with it? No. Okay. Well, somebody else will. Bye bye. Like, yeah. if you got a good idea, take action on it. Take hundred percent. And usually, the stuff we're scared of never happens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you'd be amazed. You find the money. You find the thing. You get the funding. Somebody goes, oh my God, that's brilliant. Do you need partners? Do you need financial backing? Like you never know what's going to happen, but you know nothing's going to happen if you're not doing anything about it. Yeah. And I, I mean, look, it, it may be a problem in some really third world country where you, you live in a hut. Maybe, you know, yes, that's the problem. In North America, there's not one person who can't afford the trademark their brand. Not one, right? Uh, if unless you're living under the bridge, right, and and really in in, in, in a TV box, uh, you have like if you're listening to this podcast, you can trademark your brand, right? It's 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 really that simple. It's a matter of priorities. What's more important to you? Your Starbucks or Netflix subscription, or actually building a brand that's going to last. Nice. I love that. Hey, this is Michelle Nedelik. Thank you for being here with us today. If you know anyone who would make a great guest for the show, or if you have a question or topic that you'd like me to discuss, reach out to me at michelle at awarenessstrategies.com or connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to the Little Blue Pill for Business podcast with your mistress in business, Michelle Nedelik. Why are you still here? Go to littlebluepillforbusiness.com and get your goodies. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it with somebody else that you know would enjoy getting it up in business after you subscribe to the podcast, of course, so you won't miss any future episodes. Now, check the notes for links. Oh, and only tell your wife if she's into this, you know, entrepreneurship. And I'll see you both on the other side.